Well, good morning and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Noah's Window. Mary Alice, uh, one of the things I keep being troubled about when I look at Christians today is I look at Christians saying the silliest things because they're trying to somehow fit in with a politically correct culture. Do you see that? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, a, that's a top rope we really can't walk. We, we won't win on that one. Well, and I just think as Christ followers, we don't have... We don't have the right to negate what God says just because the mob says something different. Absolutely. And, and of course, in modern culture, people will say, well, if you loved this person or this situation, then you would. And that's kind of what they what they throw at us. Well, I think as Christ followers, we have to say truth is truth. And right. we should always speak truth in love. But at the same time, I just find Christ followers saying sometimes some of the silliest things because they're trying to fit in. But we need to understand that this is not a wholly new phenom phenomenon, and it's not just something that people that we associate with being weak experience. Sometimes even strong Christians can feel the pressure to cave to something they know is not true. So every culture has had its political correctness. Right. Well, okay. Our characters in this story are Peter and Paul. I mean, we're talking about two of the greatest people who ever lived. Uh, both apostles. Peter was the one who preached at Pentecost. He was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem that exploded in growth. Uh, just one of the greatest. I can't wait to meet him when I get to heaven. Great guy. Paul, we know him. He had been a lawyer who persecuted Christians. He was on his way to arrest Christians in the town of Damascus and then Jesus appeared to him and uh, shined a bright light on him and he accepted Christ and fell off his, you know, his, his, well, I mean, fell off his horse, which I always think is kind of a symbol of fell off his old life, mm -hmm. fell on the ground, but then God rebuilt him from the ground up and he became one of the greatest leaders. So here's the deal. If we're going to talk about somebody caving and trying to be politically correct, we, we wouldn't consider either Paul or Peter being in that situation. And yet in the book of Galatians, the Bible says exactly such a situation arose in between these two characters. Mm. We're reading through Galatians right now in the one-year Bible, right? Right, that's right. Well, here's how it went down. When the church began, it began mostly of Jewish people. And so a lot of the people who were Jewish, they accepted Christ, but they wanted to bring their, their uh, customs over from the Old Covenant into the church. And there was nothing specifically wrong well, there wasn't anything wrong with being circumcised. There wasn't anything wrong with, with eating the way the Old Testament believers ate. The problem was, is when that began to be the threshold or the test to see whether someone was really saved or not. And that became a real problem. It was a problem for the early church all throughout the time. But anyway, Paul was working with the Gentiles. So he all the time was fellowshipping with new believers uh, a Gentile who had never gone through the Jewish ritual of circumcision. They, they didn't observe Jewish laws, but they knew Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And there was not a problem with that. Well, Peter came to town, and Peter had been working primarily with a Jewish audience. And when Peter comes to town, he's very excited to meet all these new Gentile believers that, uh, that Paul knows. And Peter's joining right in. He's eating with them. He's fellowshipping with them, having a good time. But then there were some stricter Jews who were friends of James. And James had a little more struggle moving over. Mm -hmm. He was a latecomer. James was Jesus' brother. 
half-brother, and he, he wasn't saved until the resurrection. So James was working through some of this stuff that the others weren't working through, I think. And so when James's friends came to town, Peter excused himself and no longer ate with the Gentile believers because he didn't want to... He, he didn't, well, let's just read it. Yeah, let's read it. This is in, this is in uh, Galatians chapter 2. Paul is telling this story. And in verse 12, just these five words. He was afraid of criticism. You know, I think that's something that all of us need to stop for a moment, take a real deep breath, and think about. What am I doing or what am I tempted to do that I know is wrong because I'm afraid of being criticized? And, and Paul called Peter on this in front of everybody. And he said... Why? Why did you know? Basically, why were you, why were you comfortable being here with Gentile believers before this crowd showed up, and now you're not comfortable anymore? And the word that Paul used was hypocrisy, which is a pretty strong word. Mm -hmm. But yet, I think it's something that I want to hear in my own spirit. And here's what I come up with, and I'd love to get your take on this. If I begin to advance a thought, or if I begin to change my actions because I'm afraid of the crowd. And yet, I, it's it's inconsistent with what I know to be true. Isn't that hypocrisy? It is. And in this case, we're talking about two leaders. So it wasn't just um, their friends that would be influenced. It's going to be a large group that are following them. And so that you know, well, that's what happens here. Yeah, because he said other. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and uh, and even another leader was led astray. So you know. Um, Leaders are supposed to lead the crowd, not succumb to the crowd. Well, Peter, Peter did something here that I think all of us are tempted to do. He was like one way with one group and another way with another group. And Paul is challenging him and us by extension to be who we are. I mean, we're going to be with people that don't believe what we believe, which doesn't mean that we jump up on a stump with the Bible and begin to preach. But we still need to be who we are and never let, or cr never let the crowd change us. Right. And, and here's the thing. Those Jewish believers eventually had to understand the truth that Peter was avoiding. I think sometimes we kick the can down the road. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to have that conversation right now because you wouldn't understand or you might misjudge me. Well, in fact, I was going to say, I've had this conversation so many times with people in ministry, women, other women in ministry. It's one of the hardest things when uh, God calls you to be in ministry, which, by the way, caused all of us to be in ministry at some level or another is uh, being misunderstood yeah. because you really are trying to serve the Lord but depending on what else is going on in these different subcultures uh, people can misunderstand you or even misjudge you and that's always a hurtful thing but I think we have to like you said we have to just do what we know to be right and um, you, you would always say to me as we've gone through all these years is, is that the criticism really isn't about us yeah. It isn't personal. It's not personal. If we're representing the truth and we're representing the Lord, any criticism that comes our way uh, in that in that way, when we're standing for the truth, that's really not about us personally. That's that's uh, between them and the Lord. So. We're going to get criticized no matter what we do. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, I mean, Paul didn't talk about this, but those Gentile believers could have looked at Peter and said, mm -hmm. "Well, what's up with that?" So, you know, we're going to take criticism from one group or another group. The important thing is to be right. Right. And when we are criticized, if we know in our hearts that we've done the right thing and we're following up on our real true beliefs, then we can absorb that criticism and say, well, I'm just going to turn that over to God. 
It was also a great opportunity for Peter, who was the leader of the Church of Jerusalem, or had been, real opportunity for Peter to influence the friends of James. Right, right. <laughs> Instead, he let them have influence on him, you know. Mm -hmm. But one more time, let me just look at that line, those five words. He was afraid of criticism. I don't want to be afraid of criticism. I want to, I don't want to invite unnecessary criticism. Right. But I don't want to be afraid of criticism when I know in my heart I'm doing the right thing. Pray for us, Mariels. That's great. Oh, Father, please give us courage to do the right thing and to be more concerned about our relationship with you than any criticism that we might take from others. And um, we, we want to have a love in our heart, Father. Help us with that. But at the same time, we want to stand for what's right and we want to point others to what's right and speak the truth in love. And help us to do that, Father, in these very difficult days um, where the culture presses so strongly. And help us to just have the courage to stand up for what's right. For each and every person that's watching or listening today, Father, I pray that you would just guide them through this day. That We're just so thankful, Father, that you know the future before we get there. And I just pray that you would carry us through it, give us wisdom, give us direction, give us comfort and provision, all the things that we need. And we're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Wind. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you soon. God bless.